This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 20, Marketing 101 for Creators. 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Howard. I'm Dan. I'm Brandon. And I'm Rob. Rob is joining us. Rob Wells is joining us as a My local brother. Author. Oh, he's Dan's brother. Um, we just made it sound nepotistic instead of special. Thank you <laughs> for ruining, <laughs> ruining the moment. You know, we're going to come back to uh, things like branding and target audience hey, and stuff okay. like that. And oh, branding. branding. I mention that because branding. I'm proud of him, not because... I'm just listening to your voice. You sound like a DJ. Uh, that's my job <laughs> this time. I'm over? hosting this episode. No, we don't. <laughs> Rob, tell us a little about yourself, please. <laughs> my name is Rob Wells. Uh, like like uh, Howard said, I'm... Uh, I don't know who I'm even talking to. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have three published That's novels. Good... Uh, um, first one was actually a romantic comedy, and second two are political thrillers. Um, and I am also uh, MBA in uh, marketing, brand management, the emphasis in uh, in consumer behavior and branding. So, fantastic. Well, the topic today, as I uh, introduced, is marketing for creators. Um, I'm going to throw this first question at you uh, because I get it all the time, and it's hard to it's hard to articulate. What's the difference between marketing and PR? Uh, I think the technical definition is that uh, um, PR is is, um, is trying to, to get a message out there. Um, it, and it basically, all that it is is just, um, it, it's one-fourth of what marketing is. Marketing is uh, um, very generally defined as the four Ps, and those are um, pricing, promotion, uh, positioning, and product um, and promotion is really what what kind of that public relations is promotion is the advertising it's it's the getting information out there and so marketing is much more the strategy marketing is everything else that goes into it before you can ever get to that public relations telling people about your stuff okay so when you're doing when you're thinking in terms of PR whether you're running a convention or putting up a website or something like that um, you're probably thinking too small. There's there's more than just PR that you need to well, we, need to be what's considering. Publicity? Is publicity PR? Is that is that or is that something completely different? I think technically uh, PR might be the wrong uh, word yeah. to use because PR is authors not going to use PR. They're going to use publicity. Yeah, they're going to use think. publicity okay. and advertising. PR yeah. technically is if you are sending stuff uh, to that is newsworthy rather than commercially. Um, to, I know it's at Tor. I have a publicist who's a different individual from the, the marketing manager. Um, and okay. I go to them for different things. My publicist, for me, is the person who will set up my signings and will come up with posters and will um, do little sketches with me and things like this, whereas the marketing is the person who's buying advertising um, and is finding it and, and like putting stuff on the book and determining what to sell it for and this sort of thing. The marketing manager is doing things that are bigger, that kind of encompass yeah. the things that the publicist right. is doing. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, marketing um, it very loosely is is much more of the strategy and setting your goals. And then and then PR, publicity, that is, that is all just a tactic of marketing. Okay. Well, let's talk about the things at the strategic level, the, the 101 level for creators, so they know what these terms are. Uh, Dan, do you have a publicist and a marketing manager at uh, Tor? Um, not at Tor yet, uh, because there's still a long time before that book comes out. But in the UK, yes, they have already worked. They've started working on marketing and publishing in Germany as well. Um, I 
have not really been very involved with that for okay. them. Can, can I can I jump in and and uh, and tell you you're wrong? Okay, uh, now <laughs> this this will illustrate. Oh, 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 um, one of the biggest things of marketing is the product. And before you can even get to the product stage, which is the writing itself, uh, before you even get to that, that, then you have positioning, which is really where you start out. That's where you say, all right, this is what I'm who going am I selling for. This to? Yeah, who am I selling They're to? What makes me different? going to have catalog copy that's being done. It's one of the primary marketing things that will have started for your books already. Is mm -hmm. They will have released catalogs that list your book in it. With, um, with copy written by your editors there, which are marketing toward the booksellers who are then going to be ordering copies of the book. So that's already begun for sure. Well, what I'm saying is that, is that before you ever see a publisher, before you ever yeah. see an agent, you have to do a lot of the marketing work on your own. And a lot of that is, is just trying to figure out who your target market is. Okay, okay. So you're saying when you're writing the book, it's determining your audience, you consider a marketing aspect. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's product we, development, essentially. Yeah, when we did, uh, I was a product marketing manager. I, I was actually a product manager. But in looking at my job, what I was doing at Novell was called inbound product marketing, where I went out and looked at the market, collected requirements, and then told engineering, this is what you need to write. Now, for authors... That's awful. Boy, you don't, you, you know, looking yeah. at the market and then deciding you're going to write vampire slash it. fiction. Some people do it. But can, some people do it. Um, I know, I mean, I was talking to John Scalzi once, um, who is my arch nemesis and a wonderful man. Um, <laughs> wrote the introduction for the next schlock book. Oh, did he? Well. It's a um, good intro, too. Man, I beat him to that one, finally. I you beat did. Him something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was asking him, you know, why did you pick this genre? And he said, you know, I really want to do fiction. I really like science fiction and fantasy. I went to the bookstore and said, huh, that section looks like it's doing well. I'll write one of those. That's literally <laughs> what he said to me. And I, I, I'm sure, you know, he's a very open blogger. I'm sure he's said it before on his blog. He said, I think this is doing well. I'm going to write like that. Now, you know, I tell people not to chase the market often. But at the same time, there's something to be said for if you develop the skills to write and you pick a genre that you enjoy that is selling yep. well, um, it's not going and saying, okay, vampire books sell well, but saying, okay, this genre does well and has historically right. done well. There will always be a market for this genre. He said, military SF, there's always been, often been a market. It sells well. It's consistent. I want to do this. You can do that. Okay, so closing that loop, that is inbound marketing. That's looking at the market and gathering information. Yeah before you start creating your product your product right now, i don't want to I, I don't want to interrupt you and get off on a tangent but there's a story that i just absolutely love that um that uh marketers study in a business context even though it's about artists um and i just i find it so interesting a couple of years ago there were two uh russian artists uh that wanted to to do basically look at what the market wanted for art and uh but they went about it in this very over-the-top kind of performance art way they went and actually got a market research firm to poll um, all Americans, uh, well, I mean, uh, a sample of all Americans, find out what style of marketing. They didn't talk to me. Well, no, 
But uh, find out what style of art they like. Find out what colors they like in their picture. Find out what subject matter they want it to be about. They found out all of these things, and then they created a painting uh, that matched exactly what the public wanted. And, and so they found out that the public likes realism. They like landscapes. They like blue. They like um, pictures of children, and they like pictures of historical figures. And so it's, it's uh, the funniest picture I ever saw. I mean, it's just absolutely bland and, and worthless because it's, it's uh, I mean, a landscape. There's a, a lake and a mountain, and, and it's all in kind of blue colors because that's what people wanted. And there's some kids running around in the grass, and then there's George Washington sitting in the middle. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's kind of the well, folly no, this of... this is good. This is good, though. Authors need to know this. Um, I was, you know, I teach the cl- a class at, um, at the local university about writing. And I hadn't realized until just recently, I was going through giving critiques on some of the writing, a lot of people don't know their market. Um, and, you know, not knowing who you're writing for is a problem. So, yeah, um, they, did, they did their inbound marketing, but they didn't do any real study of the audience. Well, they were trying, they were trying they to were trying. They were trying. ridiculous, I think. Well, yeah. They were and, trying to prove you can't write to the market exactly. Exactly. But knowing your market is useful. There's, there's that you can go too far, but you can go too far the other way as well. I've had, yeah. I have writers, I'm reading their books, and I, I say, is this, is this young adult? Is this middle grade? Is this adult? Is it humor? Is it not humor? And they don't know. There's a little bit of everything in the books, and you would think, oh, it's got a little bit of everything. That's great. Actually, no. It's terrible. It's a train wreck. It's <laughs> we a talked, We talked about that um, with uh, when we discussed genre busting. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes you can make it work, but you do it intentionally. You can break any rule if you do it intentionally. And inevitably, these authors will say, you know, I really don't know. And that's okay in the class that they're doing. They're trying different yeah. things. But if they don't settle down on what they're trying to do, they're going to have issues figuring out. They're going to have issues selling it because they don't know what they're writing. Well, and I think this goes back to, to the, one of the four P's is positioning. That um, the two artists, when they were making the picture, is they knew exactly what, what, what was demanded um, by, by the market but they didn't do anything to differentiate themselves. They didn't say, this is why we're better than anything else. And that is that is classic positioning, is where you say, all right, I am writing this, um, and it is similar to what the market wants in these ways, but it is better than what yeah. uh, is out there in these other ways. Well, this is a, this is a challenge that uh, marketers run into all the time, which is when you've got a product which has been created, whether or not there was market research that went into creating the product, um, the product now needs to be positioned, and often you're looking at something where the product can't be changed. Mm-hmm. Now, Brandon, you know your students when they're writing something, and yeah. you're, you know, you can have that conversation. You can mm-hmm. say you're going to have a hard time positioning this. You need to tweak the product. Yeah. And, and what they're doing is they're exploring different things. But I, what I say to them is, you know, eventually you're going to have to settle on something. You're going to have to decide yeah. what's the age group. Age group's really important when you're writing books. Knowing what age group you're targeting. Very important, Dan. Let me throw this uh, throw this at you. In uh, in your recent book sales, did you have to do any editing of your product in order to better meet the positioning that your uh, your agent and your editor wanted? Not really. You're in a weird position yeah. because it's being marketed two different ways. What about mm-hmm. you, Brandon? Um, what about I, Alcatraz? Alcatraz, I did have to reposition. Um, Alcatraz, I, I sent it to the editors, and the editors came back and said, this, this, you have the character at 15, he needs to be younger, because the humor is targeted at a, a younger audience. Um, and it I, was middle yeah, grade. They said, what was yeah. it they said where uh, middle grade readers want to have a hero who is their age or maybe a little younger? A little older. Oh, little just a little older. older. That's right. A couple like years older. Slightly older. Um, and they said, you can't have, you can, but it's better 
not to have a 15-year-old. It's better to have a 13-year-old because you're targeting 11-year-olds. Okay. And that's because I was using a type of humor, which I think, you know, humor, you, adults will find it funny too. Anyone will find it funny. But the right. target is me at age 12. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Quirky, intelligent humor, but silly. Silly humor works for middle grade. Silly humor doesn't work as well for, for YA. Right. Um, and understanding that's a, an important deal. Now, getting back to your question, Howard, the reason that I haven't really had to do any changes like that at the editing level is because I did all of that before I submitted it. My first draft of the book, my character was So you're was saying you'd already younger. figured this yeah. out? I had, because <laughs> of my writing, writing group, um, they all pointed out, you know, this is great, but the audience is a little messed up. Your protagonist is a little too young. And looking at it, they were absolutely right. You wanted I to made have like him an three or four old, years old. No, he no. was initially ten. Okay. Which made it very creepy. Yeah, it was really but creepy. It made the audience almost unbearably you know, a narrow. A fascinating thing has happened in, in the course of this discussion. Uh, everybody's expecting us to talk about you know suit and tie sorts of marketing things, <laughs> and we've come back to essentially refining our writing mm-hmm. based on one marketing principle, which is positioning. Yeah, thinking of your audience thinking is how of, we would call it. Thinking of your audience. Yeah. Right. Tell me about message. You've used that word a couple of times, and it's, it's laden with meaning. What's message? Sure. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more uh, in a couple of weeks when we get to branding. But uh, um, Me? Oh, sorry. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but message is, uh, is essentially... Um, well, it's essentially your brand. It is, it is. Well, you can have a message uh, for your books, which is basically if you can boil something down. Uh, they've actually done uh, psychological studies. If you can boil something down to twenty-five words, uh, that that encapsules in all those twenty-five words everything that you want to accomplish uh, I, with I, with I, what you are. So everything you want this. to accomplish, but not a synopsis. No, right. not a synopsis at all. Okay. I got a great example of this. Um, I was uh, on my mission, uh, I was serving for the LDS Church in Korea. Um, backstory isn't really important. We were walking past a um, a, a wall plus plastered with bills, um, just different types of, of, of advertisements. And my um, companion was a um, marketing dude. And he said, look at this. This is really interesting. It was the different beers. And he said, you can tell from the beers what they're trying to say about what, what audience they're going for. There was the rugged, cowboys mm-hmm. drink this beer. There was the, this is elegant and women can have it too beer. There is the, you know, this is the working man's beer. Yep. This is, and just from the pictures, the way they were doing it, the message of that beer was either you're refined or you're, this is for working men, this is real beer, yep. this sort of thing. And that's what it is, isn't it? Is that what you're talking oh, absolutely. about? absolutely. I found that at Worldcon, uh, I tried out a lot of pitches for Schlock Mercenary on passersby, mm-hmm. and the, the, the message that worked well was well the the text that worked well was this is epic space opera being told four panels at a time Hmm. and the trick with your message is you know you come up with your message but then you have to come up with a delivery method for the message in the case of the beers it's photographs yeah that sells that you know just saying your message your 25 word distillation is not the same as successfully marketing it right exactly you have to say you know what you're not just writing fantasy. What type of fantasy writer are you? Are you the fantasy writer who's writing the gruff warriors fighting on the walls type fantasy? Are you writing the sweeping character drama epics fantasy? Are you writing the, um, the small adventures um, uh, you know, in a mystery style fantasy? What, what is the tone? What, what message do you want your readers to get? Well, in, this is kind of in looking at what your, your cover would be. 
before you're actually even even before published. You even got a cover. Yeah. And the cover is one of those things where the marketing manager is going to work with the artist and say, "Hey, here's the message. Yeah. Here's what we've come up with, and hopefully the artist is on message." Right. Right. Well, that's where the Mistborn covers came from. When I talked to the the um, art director at Tor, she said, "Well, you know, what I knew of the books was this is non-standard epic fantasy with a dark edge." That's what she wanted to get across on the covers. And so that's why the covers are what they were. That's where she was going. That, if it conveyed that, she considered it successful. An author, we say, I want my cover to be pretty. But that's not <laughs> what the art director is the thinking. marketing manager yeah. well, understands. Well, so often, I mean, authors want their, uh, well, obviously, an author would want the cover to, to be accurate to what's in the book. Yeah, but that's not yeah. even really what care. the art director They don't care. For. They want mm-hmm. to get the right message. Yeah. yeah. When, when, when people are walking through bookstores, I think the average is that uh, someone, when they look at a book and they actually look at it rather than just walk past it, they'll give it between, I think it's 11 and 15 seconds uh, worth of time. And so that, that cover has to sell them on the message. Yeah. And I mean, who cares if they get the details wrong? If it gets someone to pick it up, flip through it. Right. The cover the is point. to, is this the type of, this is the type of book you like, is what the cover is saying. Then they read the copy and see if they're intrigued enough to actually buy the book. Well, and that's why your message has to be so defined, at least in your head, because then when you have that 10-second opportunity to grab someone in a bookstore, you're ready for it. Right, and you're going to be using that to grab your editors before you get published. Okay. Uh, This has been Writing Excuses, episode 20, and the writing prompt, Mm -hmm. come up with 25 words that distill everything that you want to say about your next work. Thanks for listening. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wow, wow, okay. Wow. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.